0: Where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no for the friends The adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now And there it is! You've just listened to it. The very first, the first, the world premiere. The unveiling of our brand new Sunspots Comics theme song. I can't thank my good friend enough from the deepest recesses of my soul. Thank you, Nick Papa George. Your song, that ditty, this jingle really captures everything that I'm all about from what Sunspot's comics is about to just spreading positivity and inspiring people to read comics to just everything that that is about me, it's about love, it's about fun, it's about those stories, it's about adventure and you captured it all in that in that that jingle. So thank you so much Nick Papa George. Please, please, please follow him. He's a fantastic musician, amazing guitarist amazing vocalist he just has that brilliant musical ear that talent that uh, he's just born that way he's just blessed and he couldn't, he couldn't be a, a better man Thank you so much for being a part of my life For being my friend Thank you Nick And please check him out on facebook.com Slash popdez P-O-P-D-E-Z And his Instagram At pop underscore D's. And he is uh, If you're out there listening And you need a fantastic musician Or uh, you want a, a breakout star This is the guy Nick Papa George Check him out But thank you so much for listening Thanks for joining This is the Sunspots Comics Podcast Issue number 55 Where I cover new comic book days may 18th thank you so much for joining the fun and if you already follow us on all the social media thank you very much if not please check us out on facebook.com slash sunspots comics and on instagram and twitter at sunspots comics and just a couple of things quickly on my nerd brain while i jump right in uh, preacher just premiered this last sunday i it will be honest with you i uh, it's i know it's a groundbreaking amazing comic by garth ennis and steve dylan and this is actually produced by sam caitlin from breaking bad and seth rogan from everything that he's done uh, pineapple express is one of my favorites and i tell you i haven't watched it all yet so review coming soon i watched about half of it i was dead tired i fell asleep but interesting take twist look i know it departs a little from the comic but reviews are looking solid i think i'm interested to keep going with this for the most part, a lot of these sort of Constantine uh, outcast, if you will, the exorcism-type comics and that sort of genre, I usually kind of stay away from. But you got groundbreaking talent here from, the, uh, like I said, Sam Caitlin of Breaking Bad and, and Seth Rogen's sort of first uh, round with being a sort of producer of a show. So, And it's on AMC, so I'm definitely giving it a try. Uh, oh, a little piece of comic book tri- uh, trivia for you. I was sitting down with my stepdad, Mike, and... And we were talking about obsolete laws that are still in place a lot of in a lot of places all over the world, and I just all of a sudden decided I wonder if there's any sort of weird, very old time 40s, 30s, 20s, who knows, like laws relating to comic books, and I found one. <laughs> it's from GlobalNews.ca saying that. Did you know the title is, Did You Know Comic Books Depicting Crime Are Illegal in Canada? So this is one of those obsolete laws, but it's still in place. It's still technically there, uh, going back to the late 1930s, early 1940s. Section 163.1b of the Criminal Code of Canada makes it a crime to possess, print, or publish, or sell any crime comic. If you are also in the possession of that comic for the purpose of sale. So crazy that technically it's still there you, you wonder if there's if if i have to look up if there's ever been any recent cases or when was the last case of someone saying like hey you printed a crime comic that's illegal i'm taking it from you but uh it's still there folks isn't that kind of crazy it's a little piece of comic book trivia for you and another thing i saw civil war uh captain america civil war three uh i, I tell you for the second time by the way Better the second time, I am totally enjoying that movie, A+, plus, I know it just passed a billion dollars, if you haven't already seen it, if, go see it. If you've already seen it, check it out for a second time. I actually thought that the emotionally it grabbed me a little more than it did the first time, like I found myself having a couple of chills moments, and even though I went to a premiere on Thursday when Civil War first came out with all of my people. (laughs) This was like a little more laid back, a little quiet, people weren't that into it, so there wasn't really responses to any of what was going on on the screen, and I actually kind of enjoyed that. It was just quieter, so I heard more of the small, subtle nuances from some of the dialogue, and fantastic. It's a definite buy, it's an A+, it's five out of five sunspots, so fantastic. Go see Civil War, Captain America 3 or avengers 3 if you want to call it that might as well another thing i wanted to mention cool still on my nerd brain is deadpool i actually watched all the special features and i started to listen to the commentary which i haven't done in like 20 years Listen to an actual audio commentary and and it was with ryan reynolds and the director tim miller and if you like easter eggs which i do like 10 minutes into the, the the commentary of deadpool uh ryan reynolds mentions that the pizza box in the opening scene where he isn't deadpool yet and he's doing sort of a favor for this girl that's being stocked there on the box itself it says feige pizza so kind of cool little easter egg from kevin feige the master plan the master of all ma- the things marvel and he's responsible for the mcu marvel media the movie media and he uh is they 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 Give a little homage to him on a pizza box. So there you go. And then the Indian uh, driver—he mentioned the the uh, the Indian cab driver. I already forgot the name that they gave him, but the actual name of the Indian driver is from a childhood friend of Ryan Reynolds that was struck by lightning when he was like in elementary school. So interesting little homage to an old friend, and names him—I think it was like Madrapur or something like that. I forget. I'm sorry. But that Indian cab driver in the opening sequence is actually uh, named from a friend of ryan reynolds that was struck by lightning so kind of cool also on my nerd brain we are now on google play so if you know some people that uh prefer that as their podcast um media player let them know we're on google play so you can check it out and next week is actually the one year anniversary of the podcast so i'm trying to think of something special i've got a few ideas that are rambling around in my brain to see if i can actually get them out to you we'll see if you have a recommendation for the one year anniversary or just wish to say something or have a suggestion uh, email me chris at sunspotscomics.com if i picture your email and read it here on the podcast i will send you a free comic book prize this is just a thank you so send it on in to chris at sunspotscomics.com but i can't believe it's already coming up on one year so I want to do something special. Maybe I'll pick out some little greatest hits moments. Maybe I'll try to just get a special guest. Maybe I'll I'll surprise you. Who knows? But I want to try to come up with something fun. I've got some ideas. We'll see what that what happens there. Also, thank you to my son, Justin. You can follow him on Instagram, at JustLAKings, for his work on our blog, on the Sunspots Comics blog. He uh, last time has been a week or so ago on his instant, immediate reaction to Captain America 3. But please check out our blog at blog.sunspotscomics.com. Dot com. And I'm writing a comic book Which I, I'm so thankful, I'm so blessed It's so much fun, so rewarding in so many ways I'm writing it, uh, it's called Zombie Destroyers Clause <laughs> for sound. <Monsterson>. And <laughs> Jordan Hudson is doing the art His fantastic, gorgeous, realistic, gritty Amazing art he has a unique style, and you can follow him on Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. Take a look at it. It's gorgeous. I also have zombiedestroyers.com, so you can see I've actually posted the first three pages. Just kind of rough sketching. no, uh, It's fully inked, penciled and inked, and there's just no lettering written in, but you can check out on zombiedestroyers.com the first three pages. It's there, so check it out from time to time. And right now, just a little status. We're approaching page, page 10 and uh, once we get to uh, page 22 that's when the inking the lettering will all be finalized and we'll go to print so i can unleash it upon the earth zombie destroyers check it out that's our comic book that i'm working on so let's jump right into podcast 55 so thank you so much for all you listeners for you sunspots comic podcast listeners up up and away so right off the bat, I have one comic book feel-good factoid 3 That's right. This comes from entertainmentweekly.com, and it's actually a uh, titled here, Walking Dead Producers Developing Heroes and Villains, The History of Comic Books. Very cool. Robert Kirkman and David Albert. Bringing this uh, documentary on comic books to AMC. Whenever there's an, a documentary on comic books, I am in. I have to watch it. I have to study it. I have to listen to it multiple times and watch all the extra features. And AMC just can't get enough of Mr. Kirkman. So they're going to be doing this uh, Heroes and Villains, the history of comic books. No release date officially at this time. It uh, As I'm scanning through... They are not quite sure, but he's got the Outcast show coming out June 3rd on Cinemax. So it's, uh, I'm sure, because he knows so many people, Robert Kirkman does in the biz, it's going to have all the top names, I'm sure, in it. More information to come. Oh, here we go. AMC says they will release it sometime in 2017. So I'm sure they're still working on it as we speak. And the second article is... That's right. That's what that sound effects is. It, it means that my spider sense is tingling. <laughs> so it comes from the Los Angeles Times in the science section. Spider science, perfectly played. Researchers create synthetic silk that mimics the phase-shifting behavior of webbing. So this is trippy. I mean, they are ultimately comic book fans because they're trying to find the right density, the right molecular structure of making, co- like, webs that can do things to humans and beyond in that weight capacity (laughs) so they're calling it liquid wire at this point they're trying to find a way to make spider webs actually the way that they spin the way that they cast funnels the way that they actually hit something and have this orb-like structure that that is created from the sticky droplets of like a glue-like substance so they're really taking the spider web design to the next level i mean they're even having biologists from oxford university help them with this and they're i mean they've been kind of working on this since the 1980s they say trying to really master this and have the ability to someone like wear an actual web swinging device uh, etc can you imagine i mean if this happens one day then heroes will happen one day that's right so that's my spider sense tingling article and of course i'll share all my my two news articles on all the social media so you can dig in a little further and check them all out but uh, very cool la times talking about people trying to make actual spider webs very cool So there you go. So now, let's get to my favorite part of my Sunspots Comics podcast, which is my comic book reviews and recommendations, where I also pick my favorite comic books for the new comic book week, May 18th. So spoiler alert, of course, I don't give away everything, but I do give away some of the nuggets here, some of the cheesiest, most delicious, butteriest parts of the comic. But I try to savor them for you. I try to just inspire them so you can read them and not be like, well, I don't have to read that. He gave me everything. That's the opposite of what I'm trying to do. And if you want to see everything that's on my favorites list, um, on the pull list, which is my monthly, weekly pull list of all the comics I'm collecting, which I think is over 140 comics at this time, and just all the favorite picks of the week that I've had since May for almost a year, since May of 2015, just go to sunspotscomics.com, click on pull list, click on talk top comic books of the week and you'll see everything also every week i pick an art winner and a cover winner this week it was one and the same person it's ariel olivetti for brutal nature number one and this title this this title is interesting The, the the cover is just striking it has that that white background with a just a huge bear and an eagle and this sort of werewolf looking creature and this mayan guy with blue ink on his face with a tail and like a bag of masks, like it's just interesting and different, and his style, the way he draws musculature is amazing, he did the, uh, he is doing the Venom Space Knight series, so Ariel Olivetti, number one cover, and number one artist this week for Brutal Nature, and I'll talk more about that later, because it is a brand new number one, and it's on the favorites list, this week I actually bought 15 comics, and eight of them. Made the favorite picks list, which is fantastic, because that's 53%. I always am I'm trying to go for 50, where 50 are just love and great, and the other 50 are just okay and good. This week, 15 I read, eight of them made the list, so fantastic. Also, I had four number ones this week. There was Archangel, which made it to the, the uh, top picks. Future Quest, which made it to the list. Civil War II did not. Sorry, Civil War II. Uh, Brutal Nature did, and... All of these I've actually added to my pull list, except Civil War II. So there you go, take it as you will. So here we go, Uh, let's break it down and get into my favorite comic books for New Comic Book Day, May 18th. So here we go, coming in at number eight is Archangel, written by William Gibson. This is an IDW title, it's a number one, and created by William Gibson and Michael St. John Smith, Michael St. John Smith, and a script by him, art by Butch Guise. Geis, I'm sorry Butch, however you pronounce that, my bad, <laughs> but the art style, very gritty, very realistic, showing an apocalyptic world here from Tokyo, Moscow, London, ultimately the concept of this is like the alternate 1985 and Back to the Future, <laughs> that's what the world looks like, and there are people that want to travel back in time, they do have the technology here to travel back in time and correct the world because it looks like it's just been war written and they're advanced in technology but the earth looks bad and we're introduced to a woman in a wheelchair that is the head technology specialist here that is working on they just had a a man surgically change his face to look like his great great grandfather and ultimately they're sending him back to replace the great-grandfather and set in motion things that they believe will better the present day. So it's a kind of a back-to-the-future-esque adventure. I dug it in that regard. Who doesn't like some strange alternate universes created by time-altering? And she bunkers down and she. it's kind of strange that she decides to sort of take over this program after they've went back in time. So she has some sort of master plan. I like that because... If she really didn't want them to go back in time, then why didn't she just end them there? But she has a a master plan involved. You can see that the wheels are spinning. She wanted them to go back in time, even though they're scumbags, is what she she describes it as. (laughs) So, very cool. Like I said, it's like a back to the... If you like time travel mysteries and adventure this is for you this is like the present day like i said is that bad alternate 1985 from back to the future so <laughs> that's why i made my number eight time travel can't go wrong and just gritty art style very cool check out our art- archangel it's added to my poll i'm gonna see where this goes coming in at number seven is from DC Comics, Hanna-Barbera's Future Quest, number one. Now, this is uh, based on the late 60s, early 70s cartoons, the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, and this is like a Worlds Collide episode. This is taking just a ton of Hanna-Barbera characters and smashing them all together in this strange portal that opens and they all kind of fall into their world, but... I'm being a child born of the early 70s. I kind of just missed this in a way. It's weird. I was actually watching more of like Mickey Mouse cartoons, the old ones, and Bugs Bunny cartoons, etc. I just kind of was a light fan of some of the Hanna-Barbera stuff, but... um I was just feeling the nostalgia of this. It really does bring back. It has that that sort of clean-cut, bright, and fun style. Although the opening sequence of like the origin of Space Ghost here is pretty cool-looking. Like he is battling this this alien giant, alien tentacled orb-like sun-like monster, and they all have their sort of uh, their their bracelets that fire some sort of laser weapon if you will and they fly there's a quick battle of that interesting right and you're like setting a great tone okay i wasn't sure if that was space ghost at first i don't know enough about the characters but i was like hey cool like futuristic space world and they're battling an alien i'm in and then you go into uh, like Johnny Quest, the primary character, and he's uh, his buddy Haji. They're uh, flying around with jetpacks. I mean, how cool? How cool is that? It's just kind of a happy, colorful two young kids flying around with jetpacks. And you can't go wrong. It's just filled with glee, filled with fun, and uh, of course, hijinks ensues. And then you even meet the uh, Harvey Birdman, which I, I love that cartoon series. It was just wacky and wild and weird and he's in there and it's just science-y and there's an alien armada coming and the portals are opening, dropping in all of these other Hanna-Barbera characters. Like the Herculoids is one I do remember and kind of watch that rhino with that sort of uh, meteor spitting horn in its head. <laughs> I just dug that and so I'm, gonna, I'm sticking with this. It just made me feel good. It was a great feel-good comic. The art was fantastic. I gotta give props to the art and writing team before I forget but uh gorgeous you've got um jeff parker is, the, is writing it and then you have sort of two artists you have evan doc shaner and steve the dude rude so together and then colored by Jordi belair, belair. so you know she's a pro she colors everything but check out future quest it's just fun it's hannah Barberi cartoon worlds collide and it's just a good time i really really enjoyed it just that flashback to that swashbuckling feel of adventure cartoons I'm in. I'm, I'm all there. It made me feel good. I'm happy with it. So I'm going to add it to the poll. So number six is Department H, or Depth, depending on how you look at it. It's Dark Horse Comic by Matt Kint. And I guess Matt Kint uh, said publicly that issue number one of this will give you every clue you need to solve this mystery. So in a nutshell, this is the movie Abyss, where it's this, this underwater station where their scientists are researching the, the heavy depths of the ocean. And this young woman's father was killed or murdered or died and she has to go investigate and she does believe it's a murder. And in this one it gets really complex which I like because her brother is in this underwater station and is a suspect. So she has to like, there's some flashbacks here of her and her brother which have never they've never gotten along and it just adds tension to this situation. They show them in a space station before so they're just like this family of scientists or the dad, the sister and the brother the sister being the one that has to be the bad guy in this everyone in this space station doesn't like her they're all giving her the stink eye and she has to find out who killed her father how her father died and his, her father was experimenting in this sort of he's kind of the father was kind of a loner in this side side pod area away from everyone and and just seems like everyone wanted to kill him including the son so this just shows them get in an awesome uh, mech suit that they go and uh, they're going exploring with her and the brother and you're on there's tension there you're automatically feeling like is his brother just taking her out to kill her and it doesn't look like it but they do get into some trouble as they're out there exploring and is was it part of the brother's plan was it not i mean there's complexity here there's there's a relationship here between her and her brother they they show a, a flashback that really adds some depth and helps make some sense that their characters are just too completely different the brother and sister their family but just their very nature is very different, and I just like that complexity, this this family murder drama set in this, you know, a million miles under the, on the ocean floor. So very, very cool. Department H, that's why I picked it. Go get this. It's fantastic. It's only on number two, so this is my number six pick of the week. Coming in at number five is the art winner and cover winner this week from Ariel Olivetti it is from IDW, Brutal Nature, number one. Good one to jump into. His art is ridiculous, like I said. Ariel Olivetti is doing the Venom Space Knight and it's super hyper-realistic. Kind of has this Alex Ross-like feel but the musculature is so very detailed. The attention to detail on every muscle and and f- the facial features and the eyes and the nose. I mean, they're everyone's super strong and huge and buff but it just works in so many ways. And how he plays with the panels to where there's... Uh, so basically, the nutshell here from what I can gather. It's a little confusing. But Brutal Nature is like this, this Mayan culture So it's, you know, a long, long time ago And there is a super interesting carol name, a character named Itch I-C-H and he's kind of mysterious, you sort of don't understand what he's doing at this point, but he has like a bag of masks, which it kind of has that Felix the Cat element to it, like he has five or six masks in this bag, but it's a teeny little bag, and he pulls the, the masks out and puts them on his face, and he becomes the eagle, he becomes a bear, and there's this sort of damsel in distress at the beginning, and he becomes this bear, and it's a brutal, visceral scene here, this is this is a bear in nature, folks, mama bear not happy, <laughs> So, yeah, he dispatches like this Viking, these two Viking guys that are were trying to do what to this girl out in the jungle. But he ends up getting stabbed and twisted. So she has to sort of help bring him back to life. And he's out for quite a long time, like a few days, and it helps him heal. And then you realize there's sort of a bigger story here. These Vikings go back to this town, and it seems like they are warring against each other. These Vikings sort of know about Itch, and they're trying to catch him. And they need someone that is dastardly to come in and get this guy and maybe steal his masks and use his power so that's kind of what the gist i get of it but not a ton of dialogue and a lot of it is sort of thoughts in your head so it definitely had a otherworldly like quality to it which i kind of dug and they find the dastardly guy who's torturing this woman on this rack uh stretch rack sort of thing in his dark tower like a scene from princess bride right here is what it reminded me of because he's blonde but he's torturing this woman, so <laughs> to brave But anyway, I love Princess Bride, one of my favorite movies. But so then the guy is healed, and he's uh, here, he just goes on like a weird vision quest and eats a mushroom and sees this giant maggot basically that swallows him, takes him into the darkness. So I sort of don't know what's going on, but it, the, the big picture of it is clearly uh, drawn out. As, like I said, this strange mind guy with all these masks, and he turns into these animals, and he's able to fly, and he's able to save the day with this damsel in distress. And then there are these Vikings guys that are ultimately trying to take him out. So I'm in, because I'm Ariel Olivetti is drawing it. So it's just gorgeous. It's fantastic to look at. It's just something you want to hang on your wall. It's that good. I know I've uh, had him, Ariel Olivetti, as artist winner of the week in previous picks. So fantastic. And my number four is from Image Comics black road and this is the uh brian wood series which is just fantastic uh this is the number two in the series of black road story by brian wood art and cover by gary brown art style very sort of realistic very sort of well unrealistic in a lot of ways but he uh, it's it's very sort of uh very clearly written that it's a it's a it's a timepiece like sort of again back in that Viking day and if you are into I'm just a sucker for this but if you're into like training montages and road trip adventures this is for you this man uh, was hired to bring a preacher across the black road they just keep telling you this black road is horrible and you'll be murdered on the black road no matter where you're trying to go the black road will kill you And he takes this preacher in episode issue one. uh, Not even a few miles into the Black Road, and they're attacked, and that preacher is killed. Well, he feels it's like his duty to to bring the daughter uh, with him to finish his Black Road trip, (laughs) Black Road trip, and bring these people that killed her father to justice and kill them ultimately to seek revenge. So, if you're into road trip stuff and uh, and training montages, so here she is like. She is like heavily trained in using a crossbow and swords and hand to hand combat. The, he says, Look, I want you to attack me. I want to see what happens if we're in trouble, if you can handle yourself. And she can completely handle herself. She can't, she couldn't be more than 12, 13 years old, but she is heavily skilled in how to protect herself. I mean, they're, they're fighting and sparring, and she takes her crossbow out and just shoots him in the leg, our main character. And she's like, don't worry, it's just a flesh wound, I didn't break any bone, you won't die. So she even has uh, some skill there, and aim-wise, and knows exactly where to shoot someone where it won't hit a major vessel and kill them. So um, so they're preparing to hit the road, they come across someone that was involved in the killing of her father, and they dispatch him, and the way she does it is, uh, in a little ways, heartbreaking. It's like the end of innocence. She, uh, You can tell she's never really killed anyone, but he sort of forces her, like, this man killed your father take care of him, and it's it's complex it's interesting she you can see the look on her face she doesn't feel really happy about doing it but she wants to continue on and and have revenge upon the men that killed her father so simple story but just a ton of fun it's an adventure it's a road trip it's good stuff so check out black road get in while you can it's only on issue number 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 two and it's been uh, solid so far and that is Black Road. And number three. So we're in the top three now. Uh, first, uh, number three is, from Vertigo Comics is Clean Room. Number eight. Written by Gail Simone. Which I used to love her work that she did on the... Uh, I want to say it was the... It was the Sinister Six. Or it was the the ragtag group of people that were in... Anyway, she's great. <laughs> I can't think of the exact name right now, but... Gail Simone on writing john davis hunt is the art artist and quentin Winters the colorist and this has been a lot of fun this has been interesting it's been mysterious it's been a little strange this issue it makes some serious some serious changes here some some stuff is going down here that i didn't see coming in a big way like our main character is like a she's the writer of like dianetics basically and she wrote this book Based on her ability to see this alien slash demon armada that's slowly attacking the earth in a secretive way. Only some people can see her, see these aliens. And she saw them at a young age when they tried to kill her and ran her over in a car because they knew she could see these aliens. And they're living among us, basically, these alien demons. And she writes this Dianetics book, which is actually like a secret code that will... Show people if if they can uh, Some people will see these aliens living among us And some, it'll drive them crazy and kill themselves And that's where the other character comes into play She is a woman that her boyfriend killed him, her, himself After he attempted to read this book So it's happening to a very small percentage of people But that's the gist of it And there is this clean room That our main character uh, has uh, possession of She has in her building She's built an empire by selling this book as like a positive sort of self-help book and she's in one of her many seminars where she's ta- paid you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to speak and she's shot <clears throat> and the person that shot her you know spoiler alert of course but this doesn't give away too much is related to her and she's shot in this seminar her security fails her uh which uh they show the head of security this gray-haired man who was struggling to get to the stage when this guy took his gun out but he didn't make it And ultimately, our main character is calling this woman that her boyfriend died, and surprisingly so, that it seems like if she doesn't make it, she wants this girl to sort of take over. And she has had this sight, she does see these demon-like aliens, like you don't really know yet at this point if they're just aliens or they're demons, or sort of a combination of both. But they're very wicked looking, the art here is very horrific, very adult, very mature, scary, and I think that's why I've, I've stuck with it. So, and then she has these weird neighbors, the the, uh, younger woman that's sort of being chosen now to be the leader of the clean room, if you will, or take over the clean room, has these triplets that live next door to her that I feel like they're from another alien planet and they're there to help her. They seem to always get in these fights. They seem to know when to protect her. And she said now, she's being summoned to the woman that was shot and she's going, she says, I'm taking the triplets with me. They seem to always help me and protect me. And it just seems like they're of, of this other world And they're just mysterious enough They're three like red-headed triplets And they protect her They all have these real thick bushy beards But they're cool guys And they just seem like the way they communicate They're going to be, I think, of another planet as well So it's mysterious, it's otherworldly It has alien demons This strange clean room where it's just all white It's like that, that Matrix preloading room where all the weapons are it's very uh, interesting and strange and it, it's definitely piqued my interest i look forward to it every single week and we're on number eight so or every single month it comes out it's pretty much on time as well and there's some horrific looking horrible drawing in here And uh, so, anyway, that's the gist of it without giving you away too much. She's on her way to find out if this lady's going to die, and potentially she's going to take over the clean room. So, big change in the story. I thought is very interesting, very compelling, and uh, kind of a game changer. This, and we always thought that the woman that wrote the dianetics book was like evil, and maybe she was partnering with these evil demons. But no, it turns out she's battling them. She's one of the only people that can because she can see them. So, very cool. I can see this as a movie series or a TV series. It would be fantastic. So coming in number two is Invincible, number 3040, (laughs) it seems like it's been out that long, Uh, number 128, and Ryan Otley is not on art, which I love Ryan Otley's art, he's not doing it, but Cory Walker's here, I know Corey Walker did some in the past or early on into Invincible, so he definitely has a capture on the theme and the look and the overall feeling of the art and uh, colors by Nathan Fairbairn, which is great. Just very light colors and light yellows and pinks and oranges. It's very, very light on the color palette, but they're on another planet, so it gives you that definite feeling of uh, immersion that you're on this other world. I dig that. And so if you want some sci-fi goodness, you want some superhero goodness, this is all in there. And there's a lot happening in this because you've got a sweet like father-daughter moment with Mark and his his daughter. Uh, It's just... It's just sweet. She has a, a, a robot there that educates her and that's just kind of interesting and how the robot is sort of learning from her, how, what age she is and what kind of kid she is and, and uh, it's, it's kind of creepy yet interesting at the same time. The seems like the robot's not going to kill her. And the robot just follows her around and just teaches her stuff. Like when she's out playing in the dirt, it, it explains what that dirt is and what these flowers are and I just thought, wow, that's kind of cool. Like an interesting homeschooling way to go with just these smart robots and how will that how will that uh how will that sculpt her as a person interesting but so they just have this sweet father and that's what they do in this they really establish these moments where you care for these characters and they do that you're, you're caring for this daughter you don't want anything to happen to her and mark the way they the way that the artist draws mark he definitely has this loving look on his face when he's dealing with his daughter so it's truly a sweet moment if you i enjoyed it just for that alone <laughs> it's like whenever mark's dad comes into play Omni-Man, those moments, father and son moments, those get me. And that's what it's all about here. I mean, the Flash TV show captures that father-son stuff. It's right here. And there's ultimately, there's a there's a coup d'etat in here. There is our our main character, Alan, who is the one-eyed uh, sort of uh, alien that runs the planet that Mark and his baby mama and daughter are on. And uh, he's being overthrown. He's kind of the just a government of one, too. He seems like he's always been sort of the... A, a dictator but on his own and this just uh confirms that that he is definitely on his own and they're trying to overthrow him so there's a fight here and they haven't heard from earth in a long time like there's definitely a a little bit of a quiet couple of episodes where they're establishing what sort of the next arc is what the next chapter is and here it is it kicks off here because there's the overthrowing they're attempting to overthrow alan there's the sweet moment with the daughter. There is is a message from Earth as to what's going on there And what Omni-Man is doing I won't waste it for you I won't spoil it But uh, just a ton of stuff happening here It's kicking up a notch It's getting ready to go into the next chapter And it's just so well drawn And and like I said If you just want uh, a sweet father-daughter moment (laughs) It's in here with that But um, there's definitely stuff uh, about to seriously kick off Right from this episode From this issue So get it Get Invincible Get them all Get the Omnibus Get the giant editions of it and uh, it's worth the money. It's the best superhero comic out there. Fantastic. Always consistent. Always solid. Of course, written by Robert Kirkman. So, in my opinion, it's uh, his best work. I can say that right now, yeah. And that's with everything. Outcast and uh, the dinosaur when he did with uh, the kid dinosaur, I forget. Um, the Walking Dead. It's definitely the best of his work currently, in my opinion. So, get it. Get Invincible immediately. But the number one pick of the week from marvel comics was karnak number four written by warren ellis of course the master of disaster art by roland boshi and color by dan brown very gritty style very dark looking in nature this was just i just had a flavor for this this week and i think i know why karnak is very mysterious he's this inhuman he's visually striking he has like these uh, this white face and these green stripes and he wears like A bunch of tape on his hands and just kind of an interesting looking character he's an inhuman that went through the terrigen mists and he ultimately his power he has amazing fighting power but he has the ability to see the flaw in everything and tear it down just from that that one single little flaw that he can find in the system and the fighting style and the whatever it is he knows where that crack is and he knows how to hit it and destroy whatever opponent he's got amazing fighting skills but uh ultimately this here is he's called to sort of investigate this young man that's an inhuman that apparently is like Omega level level powered, and they they just call Karnak. He's the only one around at the time, I guess, and he's been on the hunt for this kid. And this is uh, number eight. Took him a while to get there. He's uh, on this this road trip that they've been on, but he finally does find. This crazy temple where this powerful inhuman is And he's just like a regular kid, which is crazy Just like wearing a t-shirt But it's like a temple to him And the enemy that Karnak fights here Is one of the most visually striking Very interesting, refreshingly interesting Sort of bad guys I've seen in a very long time At the top of this sort of cathedral There is this giant eye It's like this, it's black and white along the edges Like... Eye of Sauron, <laughs> looking down upon them in this, uh, on this giant wall on the giant on the ceiling, and attached to it, like are these like, <laughs> sort of eye boogers? <laughs> is the best way to describe, or as my mother would say, they're mokapia pia in Hawaiian. It's eye booger, and they're like sort of Silver Surfer guys attached to these eye boogers or like eyelashes. That are attached to this giant eye. And they swing down. And he's fighting them. And they look creepy as hell. They have like bandages over their eyes. But they can somehow see. And it's just visually striking. The pupil of this is black. It looks like a like a black hole in the center of this eye. That's on, on this ceiling. And it is just visually striking. And the fight scene here. He can't figure out their flaw. So something is definitely wrong. He always can find the flaw in people he's fighting. But he can't hear with these strange eye booger like creatures that come down from this giant eye on the ceiling and he's finally just barely hanging on just he's able to dispatch some of them like his only weapon is just his hands there's one scene where he reaches into one of his opponents pulls out a rib and then chucks it at another guy like a sword like a throwing knife and it 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 sticks to his brain so it's just he's i like how crafty he is and i love his fighting style and he uses primarily just his hands to dispatch and destroy his enemies and then like adam Roderick comes out with a t-shirt on <laughs> and explains like hey i'm good like and they had the, cr- the craziest conversation where he's like yeah you've been traveling all over the world to find me but like this temple is mine and like i'm good so like you know don't worry like i got this and you think like Maybe Karnak would be okay with that because he's kind of a, a character that he's unexpected. He's a, a he's a loose cannon. You don't really know what he's gonna do. And he just uh, this infuriates him. <laughs> it's like if someone doesn't do what he like this kid just doesn't do what he wants him to do, and he's just smug about it, and he's just pissed. And what he tells uh, SHIELD to do here is is pretty crazy. So I can't wait to see the next. I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil it. Cannot wait to see number nine. Um, it's been a little sporadic on its release. I loved it. this. is a reread for me. Karnak has been interesting. Just the just the look of him. Like I said, the green stripes and the weird hoodie and the tape around his hands. And he's just this mysterious character. That, like I said, very visually striking comic. So check it out. It's just beautiful to look at. It's interesting. It's not full of a, a ton of dialogue, so it's not real heavy in its reading uh, content. It's just light. It's very. The story is just totally driven by the art, which is gorgeous. Again, uh, art by roland boshi so check out karnak it is fantastic it is top-notch and i'm enjoying it it's uh one of those that every week uh, when i go in i'm like hoping karnak's there because there has been a few weeks uh it didn't make its month release and it was like two months two and a half months etc but uh, now that it's on number eight just go back and get them i'm sure there's already a trade one and a trade two But uh, fantastic. So there you go. Those are my recommendations for this week for New Comic Book Day, May 18th. Please go to a local comic book shop and buy them on paper immediately support paper and support your local comic book shop and of course if you want to see all my past favorites like i said just go to sunspotscomics.com and check it out see all my pull list and again in closing one year anniversary is coming up so send me an email with some suggestions uh, to chris at sunspotscomics.com if you email me and i read it on the podcast i'll send you a little comic book free gift i've got some stuff and uh, please tune in next week uh, for issue number 56 where Actually, next week I have only eight comics to read, so small week, but I already see that uh, for June 1st, by the way, that there are... Four comics there's a bunch of batman and superman the rebirth are coming out next week and like four other number ones so there's somewhere between i'd say six to eight new number ones coming out next week so my eight my list of eight may be 16 next week but i'll definitely check out those number ones to tell you if i recommend them because i always check out the number ones so there you go there you have it my friends and uh i'll let nick papa george take us out go ahead nick papadopoulos and thank you so much for listening and don't forget to be like water my friends be like water Looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where look no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now